I can see, you boys aren't like the usual hooligans hanging around here. Like these two fellas, uh, Buff Coat and Beaver. <laughs> 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 Easter, everybody. It's uh, I know by the time you listen, it probably won't be anymore. Except you know, maybe I, I really just look forward to like a year or two down the line. Somebody who comes across on this on Easter and just has their mind blown out of the back of their skulls. But we're not here to talk about the future. We're here to talk about well, I guess the past really. With Beavis and Butthead, as always, with another clunky introduction. This is Buffcoat and Beaver. A Beavis and Butthead podcast. I am Clay Cunningham, joined as always by Adam Kurtz. Say your piece, Adam. Yeah, you know, um, this morning we thought about calling you and having you sing some Easter hymns to us, and I'm legitimately serious with that. It's not an Easter without them, and I'm sad my family missed it this year. So, well, now it's now it's committed to recording for all time. Otherwise, technically, it's not Easter where you are. It's uh, oh, that's right. It's uh, yeah, but uh, well, really, it's probably not Easter where anybody is. So <laughs> instead of just you know keep yammering on about this, let's get in to this week's episode. Uh, we got our connecting themes this week, and this is one we've got a couple of side characters we're going to be talking about episodes featuring Lolita and Tanqueray. The episodes we're going to be discussing are Date Bait and Teen Talk, but a little history on Lolita Tanqueray, and there's very little to talk about. They were only in three episodes, the two we're discussing, and then their first appearance in the season three episode, Tornado, where uh, they live in a trailer park that is about to be destroyed by an impending twister, and uh, they see Beavis and Butthead, who are there to see some trailers being destroyed, and uh, ask them to be their last boyfriends on Earth. And uh, spoiler alert, Adam, it doesn't go very well. But uh, some other things. Uh, note, um, Lolita in that episode uh, was black. And in uh, these episodes we're discussing today, she's white. So um, before we get into it, Adam, give me a deep, deep-rooted deep analysis of Hollywood whitewashing. Well, um... Is it the same Lolita or Tanqueray? I don't know which one the uh, black girl was, but... It was Lolita. Okay, so, I mean, I mean, it's not that... I It is an uncommon name, but uh, we've heard it before, so maybe they're just a different uh, character altogether. Well, that's... It uh... has similar traits. I'm going to avoid the topic and say that's the case. Well, if you want to look, overlook decades of Hollywood racism, then that's just your prerogative. But again, we're not here to take deep dives on, you know, social issues. Uh, we're here to talk Beavis and Butthead. So, let's get into it. This week, first episode, Date Bait, aired May 5th, 1994. Oh, hey! One day before a certain somebody's ninth birthday. Hey, so, yes. Happy delayed ninth birthday to <laughs> 1994 era Adam Kurtz. Uh, it was the 18th episode of season four, written by Christopher Brown and Mike Judge, directed by Mike Judge and Yvette Kaplan. The synopsis, Lolita and Tanqueray trick Beavis and Butthead into giving them their movie tickets by feigning romantic interest in them. Adam, your thoughts on date bait? Yeah, so... um I usually like to run down the whole episode here, and uh, Beavis and Butthead 
you know, they uh, they head to the movie theater, the 30plex, 30 screens, is that what I'm thinking? That's a, I, that's a yeah. big theater. It's a big one. Um, they're going to see some sort of uh, karate movie. What was it? Silas? Uh... It was Silas Murder starring Jean-Gary Diablo. <laughs> so uh, Butthead starts doing his karate moves, of course. Kick lands to the nads of Beavis, taking him down, and that's where they're introduced to Lolita and Tanqueray. They're wondering if he's okay. Um, they've got a proposition, though. They want to they want to be the boys' dates, and uh, all it takes is the tickets to the movie and their money for collateral uh, yes. to know that they will uh, let them in the back <laughs> and. And Butthead understands that they're uh, they're smart gals, and so they uh, turn they they of course give up the tickets and money, which it looked like Butthead had a lot of cash on him. Um, and uh, they wait in the back, and it progressively, as the longer they wait, the colder, windier, and of course it's pouring and raining. They're still optimistic though, the whole time that the the chicks are gonna let them in, and they're going to score. Um, of course, the movie's over with, and uh, out come Lolita and Tanqueray with, you guessed it, Todd and company. And uh, they, after uh, they kind of get shoved to the side, and, uh, you know, they, they do confront the ladies, and they say, you know, uh, are, are they going on their date now? And they just <laughs> completely blow them off. They try to go into the theater anyway, and... Um, but it gets his ass kicked by an usher um, who looked like a character from uh, Twin Peaks. Gosh darn it. I was going to look that up, but I didn't. Um, season 2 Twin Peaks, I, I dis it discarded in my head. But uh, uh did look like a, an 80s movie actor with the feathered hair anyway. Uh, kicks Beavis, or Butthead's ass. And then uh, they head home. They're, they're sick and wet. Um, but they see a trailer for a similar movie. I think it's called March Murder. And, Murder uh, March. Murder March, okay. Also star also starring Jean Gary Diablo. <laughs> Two movies in the theater at the same time. He's a hard working dude. It's uh yeah. It's uh, uh, an action movie nonetheless, and they they're still optimistic about their chances of scoring while going to see that movie. So um they I I really appreciate Beavis and Butthead's eternal optimism that they're going to score. Um in this in this episode and uh lolita and tanqueray what jerks you know they they really they pulled one over we knew it was coming uh but uh i i felt bad for the guys there they they just they didn't get to see the movie they didn't score uh nothing went right for them they got sick but uh they still held their heads high so um it it was uh it wasn't my all-time favorite but i did enjoy the positivity yeah, it's this kind of their least jerky because I mean, yeah, you do almost feel bad for because it's this is a rare instance where like they were just just kind of innocent bystanders to these uh, these ve these vexing you know uh, man eaters, if you will, who just kind of like took advantage of them. But um, yeah, I was kind of like you know little pieces of world building, just like through most of like what Beavis and Butthead watch are like exaggerated versions of existing properties like Star Trek or as uh, our, one of our favorite episodes, Beverly, Beverly Hillbillies with the Beverly Buttbillies. 
But uh, here, I mean, they, they've got good, like, in-universe titles. I know um, Asbestos and Obcentrics is always a movie title that makes me laugh. And also uh, <laughs> Naked Chick Killer. <laughs> and I like, too, that, yeah, we get an in-universe movie star, uh, Jean-Gary Diablo. And that Silas Murder almost kind of seemed like, uh, I know it's like a play on Silas Martyr, which is a book that I know both of us just know cover to cover. But, um but the, the movie itself almost seemed like a, kind of a precursor to Monsignor Martinez on King of the Hill, which yes, I, I appreciate a little bit. Um, and um, yeah, it is kind of enjoyable to see Beavis and Butthead like on the fringes of sex, um, or even when they think they are, because yeah, they do have like sort of an unshakable optimism. And we see more of like Beavis's innocence here. I love, I do really enjoy the exchange. Um, like Beavis is like, yeah, are they going to want to hold hands? And Butthead's like, yeah, that's not all they're going to want to hold. And then Beavis like, yeah, they'll like hold our popcorn and stuff too. <laughs> and, and Butthead even gives like, like, are you sure you're ready for this? <laughs> yeah. Kind of thing. And um, but yeah, it's like unshaken. And this, the, their interaction with Todd seemed kind of different because it he didn't seem he seemed more annoyed by them as opposed to just like feeling like with mur- the murderous rage he normally does. He just kind of pushes him aside and. And they, 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 they don't, there's not like any like, whoa, it's Todd kind of yes, thing. Yes, I thought the guys would actually be okay with him being with the chicks. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where, where they would have admired like, oh, we had a shot at the chicks that ended up with Todd. Like they would have been real pumped about it. But that wasn't the case. You're right. Todd's voice, was it different or am I, was it just late? And I, it's I, not, it sounded a little different, yeah. I, I think that was one that he kind of tinkered. A lot of these voices he kind of tinkered with. And this is still fairly early in season four. So, yeah, I did think it was a little different. Um, it's kind of like, yeah, I don't have a ton to say about this episode. I mean, there's there's some good stuff. I, kind of a little moment. I didn't know if you noticed that Anderson and his wife were coming yes, out of Silas. Did. Which struck me as odd. I, I didn't expect to see him there. And I do like, yeah, the end with the usher. But it's just kind of, um, yeah, it's it's a fine enough episode. It's not really, like, great. It's certainly not the worst one we've talked about. But just, yeah, there's not a ton to say. Just it, it's, it's a very minor one. Well, do you have anything to say about the music videos in it? I, I yes, I, uh, that's what... Uh, while I did think the episode was kind of average, I thought we had a good block of music videos here. Uh, the ones we have were uh, All for Love by Brian Adams, Rod Stewart, and Sting, uh, DMV by Primus, God of Emptiness by Morbid Angel, and Dirty Water Ocean by Green Apple Quickstep. Uh, what were some highlights in this block for you, Adam Edward? Can you think of... Uh... I mean, a better, a better 90s ballad movie soundtrack song. Um, I, maybe Kiss from a Rose. That's that's the only... And that's... I'll, I'll put Kiss from a Rose 1A and 1B with All for Love. I just want to sing it right now. I mean, man, the Rod Stewart, Sting, Brian Adams. Now, just really Brian Adams and another guy were uh, the uh, driving force behind that, but... God, what a hit. The Beavis and Butthead did not agree. Um, no. But Beavis and Butthead, we know we mentioned, I think, in the episode one of season one that uh, they exist in the Marvel Universe. You know, there's a couple comics. As mm-hmm. do the Three Musketeers from that movie from 1994 with uh, Kiefer Sutherland and Charlie Sheen. 
So uh, I wonder if they'll ever interact uh, in uh, in a future <laughs> crossover movie. Uh, the show's Avengers coming back, so, yeah. <laughs> there we go. Um, no, I, I uh, they really did not want uh, anything to do with the 1994 mega hit. Uh, went platinum, and the single did. <laughs> <laughs> You, um, see, you, you seem like you really want to defend this. I got, I, 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 you know, they, they they upset me with that that James song last week. Do you want to make your staunch defense of Brian Adams? I, I'm gonna toe up to that line, but I'm not gonna cross that. No, I'm not okay. gonna. Okay. Um, but whatever happened, I mean, Brian Adams, man, a lot of hits. All right, enough. Uh, I did enjoy they, they talked about. They asked if, uh, and there was a screw a chimp line in Primus. It's like, whoa, did you hear that? He said he was going to screw a chimp. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, we did find out that Beavis puts nads on all of his action figures. We do. <laughs> uh, with either BBs or raisins. Two buttheads discussed. <laughs> um, Morbid Angel actually attributed some of their success to Beavis and Butthead being uh, that made them more mainstream, so I thought that was interesting as well. And then uh, the Green Apple, uh, it was a Green Apple Quick Step. Mm. There's like a family at the start, and they just got the biggest kick out of those, like, families. <laughs> <laughs> I That's something about, we've kind of maybe touched on it a few times, but they're just the single word with the right tone there's so mm-hmm. many things that can be done, and that's just that's one of them. Just families. Why is that funny? It's not really, uh, but the way it's said just brings it to life. Yeah, it's so flat and it's so deadpan. Because yeah, there there are a lot of instances like that. Um, I because well, normally with in this block we get in this era of Beavis and Butthead, there's usually three videos mm-hmm. and when i saw there was a brian adams video i was like oh that's gonna get a channel change <laughs> which it did but not before but I, I it's hard to hear but you hear a butthead at one point go oh dear lord <laughs> 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 which was great um i liked that you know first i really like that primus song uh primus is a not like a favorite band but i got a, a certain appreciation for uh mm-hmm. really weird but uh yeah they, they got they got some interesting songs i, I like that beavis kind of like predicted there was going to be a toilet and at the end, he got it. It just kind of showed up. Um, the Morbid Angel one, I like. I think that is cool that they kind of attribute that, um, even though they didn't really seem to like the song that much. But I, I, I enjoyed that. We really get to see some a great display of Mike Judge's vocal range because <laughs> it starts out with like Beavis like trying to impersonate Barney Fife. <laughs> <laughs> just, just like, you know, I think that, yeah, they saw somebody who reminded him, and he's just like, Andy, I'm going to go down to Mad Pilot and worship Satan. And, like, <laughs> Bud had pointed out that it wasn't a good impression, and it really wasn't, but I just like this, that really high-pitched squeal. And then we get to the end, like, with Butthead, like, because there's a moment in the song which like, bow to me, grateful, <laughs> that, uh, that you really, that, that Butthead does, like, he does really perfectly. And then Beavis tries it with his, like, is raspy like loud point and he can't pull it off so that's that's kind of an interesting one and um the last one you know, you know we don't watch these episodes in order so it's kind of weird but it's just kind of worked out in a way that like every time um we discuss beavis's fecal philia it always gets more disturbing <laughs> because, it, because it, it, in that green apple quick step video they're playing in this swimming pool that is just the most disgusting water you've ever seen i've heard i really like the debate because they they make several um attempts to recreate 
that old sign like people had like we don't <clears throat> we don't swim in your toilet don't pee in our pool they said like four or five of them and then they just decided like this little uh, beavis goes it's yeah uh, we just crapped in your pool so like can we use your toilet <laughs> yes <laughs> but it's like, yeah i think that's it and but it ends with the the lead singer of the band like his face is kind of getting submerged into just that repugnant water while he's like screaming in the song and then Beavis they said what's he screaming about turd water doesn't taste that bad oh God. <laughs> it's just every time we mention this it's just something it just makes me even more disgusted but it yeah that, that it's it, it's funny though it, Hell it's yeah. a good block. I, I think an overall not super memorable episode, but it's it's elevated here. So uh, that's uh, why I like the videos because yeah. you you know you've got the ebbs and flow of Beavis and Butthead. Sometimes there's a build up in the episode and a payoff, but when there isn't, you you're you're bailed out by some good music videos. So you have a shot to you, you can like you fire a shot at Sarah here for her comments a couple weeks yes, ago. Do you that's feel like you've been I'm directly I'm directly calling back to that and saying poo-poo to her thoughts okay and and like they always say the best time to attack someone is when they're not here to defend <laughs> yeah. themselves so that's it that's it's, it's a good way to go but um you know what i think that's all for part one I'm gonna take a little sabbatical and we will be right back for part two with our discussion of team talk One of them calls himself Butthole. The other one's name is Joe, I think. And, uh, what did these boys look like? I believe they were Oriental. Hey, Clay Cunningham here, hanging with my home person, Adam Kurtz, on Buff Coat and Beaver. And, uh, this is the rare instance where, uh, one of these stupid little skits actually kind of segues into the episode, so... Better writing? I don't know, but uh, anyway, we got a second episode called Team Talk. Adam, you got the details. Why don't you share them? Yes, Team Talk aired July 12th, 1994. It was season four, episode 26. Mike Judge and Yvette Kaplan directed. Christopher Brown and Mike Judge uh, wrote it. And the synopsis is as such, Principal McVicker forces Beavis and Butthead to own up to a prank on live television. Clayton. Yeah, I I really like this episode a lot, and I, I really like it pretty much front to back. Um, it starts, I mean, this is something we brought up, another, but it's another piece of great just... Uh, furious mcvicker abuse because um how it starts um there's a news reporter well it's actually it's a weatherman captain dick jackman who is uh um he's but he's 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 doing a news story where he's uh he's at highland high to do like a puff piece because it was a can drive week and they arranged um to spell the word cares in cans next to the highland high school sign only for them to discover like they pulled it they pull up the uh the cloth and uh, Beavis and Butthead have replaced it with uh, "sucks" spelled S-U-K-S, <laughs> which um, I guess it seemed like for some reason McVicker. I guess he recorded the news thing, or he still was just watching while they were doing it live. But um, anyway, um, to punish them, he has a uh, two. Uh, given two options, one is to clean asbestos out of the cafeteria, 
Or they could go on a show hosted by uh, a teen talk show hosted by Captain Dick Jackman to confess, and he sells it to them as, and I'm going to do my McVicker impression here. So it's a it's a show where uh, Jackman makes all the parents in town feel better about their own kids by publicly humiliating losers like you. <laughs> it's so mean. It's so funny. And of course, Beavis and Butthead don't hear any of that. They're just stoked to be on TV. Yes. Um, so yeah, they show up and this one's kind of, I mean, it's a Lolita and Tanqueray spotlight, but there's actually a little bit of background here on a uh, Captain Dick Jackman. Um, cause yeah, he is, um, like Lolita and Tanqueray, his first appearance. He also looked vastly different, but, uh, not racially, but, um, he, in the episode tornado, when they had like the weather report that a tornado was coming, the man on the screen was Captain Dick Jackman. So also, Look also his, his debut, um, I really love this character a lot. And um, it's the thing with like the show is it's never been subtle with its anti-authority leanings. I think that's kind of why some people kind of get the impression that it celebrates Beavis and Butthead because like the adult figures are always either so mean or so stupid. And I mean, it's, but whatever, but, but I do like um, just the way that they operate this guy who just shows up, this this stupid vapid show that is like an outright celebration of conformity like, i love it at one point he even gives it like these guys are saying down with destruction and up with cooperation this <laughs> ridiculous and it also gets to the point where he doesn't realize he's on the air he's like abusing this uh this guy who looks almost exactly like bernie sanders no the stagehand yeah yeah, yeah, but, um, and this, well, well, speak of the devil, recording on Easter, he says to him, like, it's, uh, like, he tells, like, this group of fourth, this group of preschoolers that can, quote, kiss my ass if they think I'm going to wear an Easter bunny suit, which, now that, I mean, it's a little on the nose, but I will say, like, Adam, you used to work in TV news, and I've known people in TV news, and they're good people, they're, like, they're people I consider friends, but it's also not, like, a super extreme caricature of the like a lot of like if you see somebody acting this phony on tv odds are he's probably an asshole am i right in that assumption i think so i think you can even uh, zoom out a little further uh captain dick jackman uh reminds me of casey Kasem a lot and i don't know if you've ever heard any of those casey Kasem I outtakes have, yep, but yep. i mean they're very similar to this exact episode so yeah. um yeah i i don't think you're far off base at all yeah but okay, it starts with the show, and there's like a floor. After the floor director threatens everybody to like you know, not mock like not not try to show off for their deadbeat friend. Man, God, everybody is so awful in this episode. <laughs> yes. But then they start the show, and um, uh, Beavis and Butthead are at the very top row, and directly beneath them are Lolita and Tanqueray. I really enjoy the fact that this is now the third time they've interacted, and yet every single time they tell them who they are. <laughs> this is Lolita. Yeah, I'm, I'm Lolita. I'm Lolita, and this is Tanqueray. Yeah, um, it turns out uh, Lolita is apparently there because uh, she was in a porno that her principal rented. Um, doesn't say why Tanqueray is there, but um, at one point she called Beavis sugar britches, which is uh, <laughs> an insult. And it leads to them um, inviting the boys to come down behind the bleachers to make out or something. Like in that voice. I, 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 really good voice work. I, should, I, didn't, I meant to look up who it was, but there's also a great line. 
when they get down there, which I think is actually a mix-up because there's a slight difference between the voices, but um, it's Tanqueray talking, but it sounds like Lolita's voice, but they say, hurry up, y'all, before we stop being horny. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, kind of a different version of what you said. Just something so blunt and so stupid can be really funny if, mm -hmm. if said well. And, um, well, we kind of see... Um, Beavis and Butthead, we did that their horny side kind of uh, outweighs their fame-seeking side because as they start to like go down, uh, Captain Dick Jack, Jack Captain Dick Jackman uh, comes up to I guess get their confession, and um, they try everything they can to get out of it. Uh, they just gives blunt answers, which ultimately I guess was succeeded because that's what led to that down with destruction, up with cooperation <laughs> line. But while it's happening, they look down, and their ladies are making out with two people. Lolita's making out with the Bernie Sanders-looking <laughs> yes, guy. That, I love and, that. And then Tanqueray's making out with someone else. And that's another one you do feel bad, but I have to point out, it's just shot really weird. It either went to a music video or, like, a commercial. But Lolita and Tanqueray, they say, like, they're sitting one row below them, and they say, you want to go behind the bleachers and make out or something. And as they say that, they're getting up and they walk around. For some reason, like, they're behind the bleachers, and Beavis and Butthead haven't moved. Like, if they'd just <laughs> gone with them, I think yeah, they, I don't know. they would have gotten would have gotten their their desired uh, outcome there. But, uh, yeah, it doesn't go, and it leads to, I think, the highlight of the episode for me, which is um, uh, Beavis and his uh, angry, we're never going to score, right? When this one is, I think, kind of well-known because he gives the same speech in Beavis and Butthead do America. But uh, they did it first. They did it first here, and I, I think they did it better here. And you know what? I'm gonna play the clip, and you folks at home can decide. Uh, this is uh, a sexually frustrated to the max Beavis after striking out again. That sucks. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't just suck, butthead. It's like it really sucks. We're gonna like never score. We're gonna be wussy forever. It's gonna suck. <laughs> Settle down, Beavis. No, no, butthead. No, I can't settle down. It's not fair. We're not gonna score. It's like we'll get cars and like we'll have like a job and we'll like have to go like go like mow lines and, and like scrub the grill and we're not gonna score hey, ever. Hey, hey! <laughs> I told you about that. Don't make me come up there. Shut up, asswipe. You probably score. And you're a dork. <laughs> I'm never gonna score. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> and that's uh that's the aforementioned floor director from earlier who he tackles beavis off of the risers and beats him down and um you know that's i that's always anything involving teenage sexual frustration i think is going to be relatable to pretty much everyone i mean i think that's there's a certain universal truth to that but also I, this reminds me of a very specific scene from a movie, and I, this one I almost feel like is going to get people to like roll their eyes a little bit, but hear me out. This one conjured up memories of me of my favorite scene from the God, not only my favorite scene from The Godfather Part 2, but my favorite scene from any of the Godfather movies. It's the parlor scene. It's, I guess it's mostly known as the you're nothing to me now scene when Michael goes to confront Fredo about his betrayal, you know, and uh, it reminded me of a specific line that, uh, that Fredo had. And you know what? It's a two clipper, Adam. Let's listen to Fredo, oh. Fredo Corleone. I'm your older brother, Mike, and I was stepped over. 
sofa. That's the way Pop wanted it. It ain't the way I wanted it. I can handle things. I'm smart. Not like everybody says. Like dumb. I'm smart, and I want the steps. And like, and the reason now. I, I, I think people always get a bad read on that scene because, like, they listen to it and, um, like, out of context, yes, someone like, I'm, I, I'm smart, not dumb. It sounds dumb, like, you know, it does, but I don't think the movie meant to, like, dog on Fredo because, like, I think the reason that it reminds me is, like, it's, like, a painfully average guy whose, like, world is coming apart and you're not going to be, like, eloquent when you're saying, when you're in that situation, you know? Like he's just sure. he's just gonna kind of like spewing out, and that's why that scene breaks my heart. Now the Beavis and Butthead scene doesn't. It's not like it's not a sad scene. It's played for laughs. <laughs> sure, but but it, it it gets to that point where like you know Beavis is just like we're gonna like get, get, get jobs and like mow lawns and like scrub the lawn. Like it, it's completely <laughs> ineloquent, but because like he's not an eloquent guy, and it's just like his mouth is moving faster than his brain allows. And um, yeah, it, it's it really resonates with me, and it's also I mean. My favorite part. I love too when you get that angry and you can just have like really like, like fire off like missiles of it. So I just love. Shut up, asswipe! You probably <laughs> score, and you're a dork. <laughs> it's just a great ending. Yeah, and then it ends up. I mean, yeah, they have to clean asbestos, and um, yeah, it's. I I, I, I I feel like I've been talking too long, so I'll I'll, I'll see the floor to you. But yeah, I, I love this episode. I really yeah, do. I. Uh... I I love the comparison there. That's uh, I love looking a little little layer a uh, layer deeper. Um, McVicker very delighted through the window when they're scraping yes. the asbestos. By the way, they kind of got <laughs> they got really uh, they got punished twice. They went on the show, yeah, <laughs> you know, and they yeah. still had to scrape the asbestos and, and didn't even give them masks. Like they're <laughs> no, literally they're... standing like a foot, like breathing it in. Like he, this, this is basically like involuntary manslaughter. That's what it's kind of oh, leading to. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, they're not going to tell anybody, but yeah. No. Um, Captain Dick Jack, uh, Jackman just is a great character. I absolutely loved him. Uh, and uh, to me, it was Casey Kasem. That's all I could think about was uh, when Casey Kasem, uh, you know, was cursing up a storm because he had to send a request for a dead pet after an upbeat song. And he's just lighting up whoever <laughs> produces it and send it a can't play an upbeat record after uh, it's just it's great. If you've never heard it, look it up. It's fantastic. Um when you're talking about the uh the floor director saying he's at the legal authority to kick your ass and then he says, Now smile and have some energy. <laughs> um <laughs> That's, you know, I went to a taping of The Price is Right once, and uh, Stephanie and I had driven like three or four hours to... Stephanie's his wife. Yes, uh, we, we drove three or four hours to early in the morning. You got to be there at like 6 a.m. just to to get there and, and be in line and get tickets. Like, you get tickets online, and that doesn't matter. You're there forever yeah. before the show actually starts. I, I'm talking like... You're there another three hours before the show even comes close to even letting you in. So we'd driven three hours. We waited another three or four. And, then, you know, it's just a guy trying to pump you up. And you know the prices, right? Everybody's going nuts. But we were just out of gas. And it really is manufactured energy. So I, that, that re I related to that as, like, you know, just being beat down. And, oh, and by the way, uh, smile and have energy. 
I will, um, I will say, I, I remember you, I, you, we saw, well, I've seen photos of you two, and you both looked delighted. So kudos to you on a solid <laughs> yes. acting job. We still wanted the opportunity to win some money, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Um, no, you, you did a great job of summing everything up, man. I, I love this episode, too. And I loved when uh, Lolita and Tanqueray were making out with the crew and just random people in the back, yeah. and they missed their chance. Like, And, yeah, you know, they were just slow on the trigger, and uh, you knew it was coming, too. And, and the Beavis outburst was uh, it was solid, so... Um, this was, uh, I won't, I won't spoil my decision, but I'm leaning hard towards teen talk right now, unless there's some sort of something that clicks in the videos here. Um, but speaking of the videos, it was cheap, cheap trick woke up monster. I'm not even going to try to pronounce, I'm going to say, what was it? Uh, Mestel in Dio Geo oh, Cell? It's, it's, it's Michelle and Deglio Oh, Michelle, I'm sorry. From, uh, it was from uh, John Mellencamp's Wild Night. Oh, man. I, they, thank you. I, I yeah. enjoy that song. She's a bass player. Didn't know that. But uh, if that's your boyfriend, he wasn't last night. And then George Thorogood and Bad to the Bone. And... Um, I've got a couple things about these, Clay, but I'll let you go first. Okay, well, really the only thing that I found particularly noteworthy was in this part uh was in uh, bad to the bone because there's a scene where he's like hustling people at a pool table and uh beavis makes reference to the fact that he at one point when he wasn't looking he took the the chalk the pool chalk thing <laughs> and put it on the tip of his penis and like when butthead asks if it hurt beavis says yeah but no pain no gain <laughs> Like, what in the hell is he talking about? I know, That's just, I mean, like, I mean, what? It, it almost feel like the end goal there would be to get like a urinary tract infection. <laughs> but, yeah. I wrote that down as well. That was fantastic. Um, George Thorogood uh, kind of looks like John Elway, doesn't he? Like that, that like the hair, the face. He doesn't look um, super menacing for, uh, you know, he, he didn't necessarily look bad to the bone, I'll say that. <laughs> I just like how they thought the song was about boners yeah. and uh, a bad boner, which they debated if there was such a thing. Um, I was hoping you could dive in a little bit to, I don't know if you remember the story, I remember you telling me the story about you being in your Nissan Sentra <laughs> with bad to the bone uh Rock. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not really. It's just kind of one of those. Like it was a hot day, and I, I think I'd been listening to a C, like I like a CD. I don't remember what it was, but it was like fairly loud. But it came over, and I just kind of switched to the radio. And I do remember for a good half mile driving with "Bad to the Bone" cranking at like 16 years old, not realizing. I mean, not even paying attention. But like, yeah, there's at least a couple people thought, "What a fucking douchebag!" Good God, and. I mean, I was accidental, but they were probably right. <laughs> uh, speaking of douchebags, I'll uh, switch over to Cheap Trick. Whoa! Sideswipe. Rockford, Illinois' own. I'm sorry. Yes. Um, but, you know, outside of I Want You to Want Me, I this was Woke Up Monster. They're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You know? And I, I just... Sur hey, guys, Surrender's a good song. Uh, Surrender is a good song. I'll, okay, fair enough. Yes, it is a very good song. But um, I like how they were said the drummer looks like just an average. Most of the guys in the band look like an average dude. And if you saw the drummer in the grocery store, you'd either pass by him or you'd say, the light beer's over in aisle 14, <laughs> sir. And he would say, 
Thank you, young man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was so weirdly specific. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I got a kick out of that as well. So good. Uh, probably our best video lineup, top to bottom, from both episodes we've had. I got a, I got a big kick out of both of them, and uh, looked into the little videos and. Uh, yeah, so uh, I thought the, the Lolita and Tanqueray experience was uh, a, a wild ride and a fun one. But, I want to uh, backtrack. I kind of thought. Oh, like, yes, please. Um, so you know, we, we mentioned that, the, that, we'll just call him Bernie Sanders, <clears throat> was making out with Lolita. Um, like, what's our thoughts on that? Well, I mean, you could say, like, it's really gross, obviously, but... Knowing the abuse he probably takes, do you, you cut him a pass for making? We'll we'll assume Lolita's eighteen. She was in a porno, which I mean, and you wouldn't think that the pornography industry would exploit somebody underage. So let's like, I mean, what what's her takeaway there? Of her uh, hookup uh, with Bernie? Uh, yeah, we'll say we'll, we'll we'll look at it from here. I mean, I f- I feel like if anything's icky, it's probably more so for him. She should know better, but I mean. When he's getting, you gotta imagine that's a common thing with Captain Dick. So do we cut him some slack here? <laughs> yeah, I'll cut, I'll cut him some slack for sure. And I want to know what his job on the set was—that he just wandered to the back and got yeah. into that situation. The Bernie Sanders guy, but um, uh, yeah, I, uh, you know, with and with Captain Jack was. <laughs> I love that it was six thirty in the morning. Now that we're, we touched on, on it, Sunday again. morning, <laughs> morning, yes. And like if I, I'm a, unfortunately a sports talk radio listener. They always, I think it's by law they have to have some sort of like educational programming or something like that too. And it's always buried somewhere like that too. And, and uh, same with TV, like. Uh, it, by law, you have to have a, a certain amount of hours of educational program, and they always broadcast uh, like on a secondary channel. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, but Captain Jack deserves more. He's Cap- got a yeah. lot of. Yeah, yeah, that that would have been maybe maybe that's one who can come back in the reboot in in the reboot, but um, <laughs> the reboot. <laughs> yeah, I, I did notice. Well, thank thank you. I was hoping hey, that would go. I I wait till you hear how I pronounce Michelle earlier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's there. There you go. But. Um, well, I don't think there's going to be any mystery, Adam. What's uh, how comfortably does Teen Talk win this one? Oh, I, I, it's not even really close. You know, uh, Lolita and Tanqueray make an appearance, but they're just jerks in the first one. At least they kind of give the guys a legit shot in the second one. And Teen Talk's just much funnier, top to bottom. Yeah, yeah. Date, date. I do. I laughed more at the videos than I did the the actual episode. So the videos did prop it up. But yeah, it's uh, yeah. Teen Talk's up there. That's uh, I think that would definitely be in my top ten if I was going to make a list. It's 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 really front to back, just really rock solid. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Um, all right, well, I think we've got to another one, so we'll do you know the contact information. You can reach us via email, buffcodeandbeaverpod at gmail.com, on Facebook at buffcodeandbeaverpod, or on Twitter at butthole and joe. Or you know what? Just keep listening. I don't, I mean, I mean, all that stuff's yeah. fine. I don't give a shit. Like, we've had, last couple weeks, things have been going pretty well for the Buff Coat and Beaver podcast, and um, <laughs> it's, uh, it, it, we'll, 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 it has been. We, yeah. We've, obviously, we have fun doing this, and, like, um, it's fairly late where I am right now, and I, I, I'm still up doing it. I, I just, I enjoy this, so, yes, and, and we check Anchor, and we check the numbers, and, uh, for no reason other than like, hey, yeah, that's cool. So we appreciate everybody listening. 
Indeed we do, and we hope that you'll be with us next week when um, we talk about uh, episodes where Beavis and Butthead have funny altered appearance. Uh, the episodes in discussion are Beard Boys and Top of the Mountain, so we will be back next week. But until then, I'm Clay Cunningham, that's Adam Kurtz, 